chapter five of the pilot by james fenimore cooper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter five she writes she writes boys where off shore song the extraordinary activity of griffith which communicated itself with promptitude to the crew was produced by a sudden alteration in the weather in place of the well-defined streak along the horizon that has been already described an immense body of misty light appeared to be moving in with rapidity from the ocean while a distinct but distant roaring announced the sure approach of the tempest that had so long troubled the waters even griffith while thundering his orders through the trumpet and urging the men by his cries to expedition would pause for instance to cast anxious glances in the direction of the coming storm and the faces of the sailors who lay on the yards were turned instinctively towards the same quarter of the heavens while they knotted the reef points or passed the gaskets that were to confine the unruly canvas to the prescribed limits the pilot alone in that confused and busy throng where voice rose above voice and cry echoed cry in quick succession appeared as if he held no interest in the important stake with his eye steadily fixed on the approaching mist and his arms folded together in composure he stood calmly waiting the result the ship had fallen off with her broadside to the sea and was become unmanageable and the sails were already brought into the folds necessary to her security when the quick and heavy fluttering of canvas was thrown across the water with all the gloomy and chilling sensations that such sounds produce where darkness and danger unite to appall the seaman the schooner has it cried griffith barnstable has held on like himself to the last moment god send that the squall leave him cloth enough to keep him from the shore his sails are easily handled the commander observed and she must be over the principal danger we are falling off before it mr gray shall we try a cast of the lead the pilot turned from his contemplative posture and moved slowly across the deck before he returned any reply to this question like a man who not only felt that everything depended on himself but that he was equal to the emergency tis unnecessary he at length said twould be certain destruction to be taken aback and it is difficult to say within several points how the wind may strike us tis difficult no longer cried griffith for here it comes and in right earnest the rushing sounds of the wind were now indeed heard at hand and the words were hardly past the lips of the young lieutenant before the vessel bowed down heavily to one side and then as she began to move through the water rose again majestically to her upright position as if saluting like a courteous champion the powerful antagonist with which she was about to contend not another minute elapsed before the ship was throwing the waters aside with a lively progress and obedient to her helm was brought as near to the desired course as the direction of the wind would allow the hurry and bustle on the yards gradually subsided 
and the men slowly descended to the deck all straining their eyes to pierce the gloom in which they were enveloped and some shaking their heads in melancholy doubt afraid to express the apprehensions they really entertained all on board anxiously waited for the fury of the gale for there were none so ignorant or inexperienced in that gallant frigate as not to know that as yet they only felt the infant effects of the wind each moment however it increased in power though so gradual was the alteration that the relieved mariners began to believe that all their gloomy forebodings were not to be realized during this short interval of uncertainty no other sounds were heard than the whistling of the breeze as it passed quickly through the mass of rigging that belonged to the vessel and the dashing of the spray that began to fly from her bows like the foam of a cataract it blows fresh cried griffith who was the first to speak in that moment of doubt and anxiety but it is no more than a capful of wind after all give us elbow-room and the right canvas mr pilot and i'll handle the ship like a gentleman's yacht in this breeze will she stay thank ye under this sail said the low voice of the stranger she will do all that man in reason can ask of wood and iron returned the lieutenant but the vessel don't float the ocean that will tack under double reefed topsails alone against a heavy sea help her with her courses pilot and you shall see her come round like a dancing master let us feel the strength of the gale first returned the man who was called mr gray moving from the side of griffith to the weather gangway of the vessel where he stood in silence looking ahead of the ship with an air of singular coolness and abstraction all the lanterns had been extinguished on the deck of the frigate when her anchor was secured and as the first mist of the gale had passed over it was succeeded by a faint light that was a good deal aided by the glittering foam of the waters which now broke in white curls around the vessel in every direction the land could be faintly discerned rising like a heavy bank of black fog above the margin of the waters and was only distinguishable from the heavens by its deeper gloom and obscurity the last rope was coiled and deposited in its proper place by the seamen and for several minutes the stillness of death pervaded the crowded decks it was evident to every one that their ship was dashing at a prodigious rate through the waves and as she was approaching with such velocity the quarter of the bay where the shoals and dangers were known to be situated nothing but the habits of the most exact discipline could suppress the uneasiness of the officers and men within their own bosoms at length the voice of captain munson was heard calling to the pilot shall i send a hand into the chains mr gray he said and try our water although this question was asked aloud and the interest it excited drew many of the officers and men around him in eager impatience for his answer it was unheeded by the man to whom it was addressed his head rested on his hand as he leaned over the hammock cloth of the vessel and his whole air was that of one whose thoughts wandered from the pressing necessity of their situation griffith was among those who had approached the pilot and after waiting a moment from respect to hear the answer to his commander's question he presumed on his own rank and leaving the circle that stood at a little distance stepped to the side of the mysterious guardian of their lives 
captain munson desires to know whether you wish a cast of the lead said the young officer with a little impatience of manner no immediate answer was made to this repetition of the question and griffith laid his hand unceremoniously on the shoulder of the other with an intent to rouse him before he made another application for a reply but the convulsive start of the pilot held him silent in amazement fall back there said the lieutenant sternly to the men who were closing around them in compact circle away with you to your stations and see all clear for stays the dense mass of heads dissolved at this order like the water of one of the waves commingling with the ocean and the lieutenant and his companions were left by themselves this is not a time for musing mr gray continued griffith remember our compact and look to your charge is it not time to put the vessel in stays of what are you dreaming the pilot laid his hand on the extended arm of the lieutenant and grasped it with a convulsive pressure as he answered tis a dream of reality you are young mr griffith nor am i past the noon of life but should you live fifty years longer you never can see and experience what i have encountered in my little period of three-and-thirty years a good deal astonished at this burst of feeling so singular at such a moment the young sailor was at a loss for a reply but as his duty was uppermost in his thoughts he still dwelt on the theme that most interested him i hope much of your experience has been on this coast for the ship travels lively he said and the daylight showed us so much to dread that we do not feel overvaliant in the dark how much longer shall we stand on upon this tack the pilot turned slowly from the side of the vessel and walked towards the commander of the frigate as he replied in a tone that seemed deeply agitated by his melancholy reflections you have your wish then much very much of my early life was passed on this dreaded coast what to you is all darkness and gloom to me is as light as if a noonday sun shone upon it but tack your ship sir tack your ship i would see how she works before we reach the point where she must behave well or we perish griffith gazed after him in wonder while the pilot slowly paced the quarter-deck and then rousing from his trance gave forth the cheering order that called each man to his station to perform the desired evolution the confident assurances which the young officer had given to the pilot respecting the qualities of his vessel and his own ability to manage her were fully realized by the result the helm was no sooner put a lee than the huge ship bore up gallantly against the wind and dashing directly through the waves threw the foam high into the air as she looked boldly into the very eye of the wind and then yielding gracefully to its power she fell off on the other tack with her head pointed from those dangerous shoals that she had so recently approached with such terrifying velocity the heavy yards swung round as if they had been vanes to indicate the currents of the air and in a few moments the frigate again moved with stately progress through the water leaving the rocks and shoals behind her on one side of the bay but advancing towards those that offered equal danger on the other during this time the sea was becoming more agitated and the violence of the wind was gradually increasing the latter no longer whistled amid the cordage of the vessel 
but it seemed to howl surlily as it passed the complicated machinery that the frigate obtruded on its path an endless succession of white surges rose above the heavy billows and the very air was glittering with the light that was disengaged from the ocean the ship yielded each moment more and more before the storm and in less than half an hour from the time that she had lifted her anchor she was driven along with tremendous fury by the full power of a gale of wind still the hardy and experienced mariners who directed her movements held her to the course that was necessary to their preservation and still griffith gave forth when directed by their unknown pilot those orders that turned her in the narrow channel where alone safety was to be found so far the performance of his duty appeared easy to the stranger and he gave the required directions in those still calm tones that formed so remarkable a contrast to the responsibility of his situation but when the land was becoming dim in distance as well as darkness and the agitated sea alone was to be discovered as it swept by them in foam he broke in upon the monotonous roaring of the tempest with the sounds of his voice seeming to shake off his apathy and rouse himself to the occasion now is the time to watch her closely mr griffith he cried here we get the true tide and the real danger place the best quartermaster of your ship in those chains and let an officer stand by him and see that he gives us the right water i will take that office on myself said the captain pass a light into the weather main chains stand by your braces exclaimed the pilot with startling quickness heave away that lead these preparations taught the crew to expect the crisis and every officer and man stood in fearful silence at his assigned station awaiting the issue of the trial even the quartermaster at the gun gave out his orders to the men at the wheel in deeper and hoarser tones than usual as if anxious not to disturb the quiet and order of the vessel while this deep expectation pervaded the frigate the piercing cry of the leadsman as he called by the mark seven rose above the tempest crossed over the decks and appeared to pass away to leeward borne on the blast like the warnings of some water spirit tis well returned the pilot calmly try it again the short pause was succeeded by another cry and a half five she shoals she shoals exclaimed griffith keep her a good full ay you must hold the vessel in command now said the pilot with those cool tones that are most appalling in critical moments because they seem to denote most preparation and care the third call by the deep four was followed by a prompt direction from the stranger to tack griffith seemed to emulate the coolness of the pilot in issuing the necessary orders to execute this manoeuvre the vessel rose slowly from the inclined position into which she had been forced by the tempest and the sails were shaking violently as if to release themselves from their confinement while the ship stemmed the billows when the well-known voice of the sailing-master was heard shouting from the forecastle breakers breakers dead ahead this appalling sound seemed yet to be lingering about the ship when a second voice cried breakers on our lee bow we are in a bite of the shoals mr gray cried the commander she loses her way perhaps an anchor might hold her clear away that best bower shouted griffith through his trumpet 
hold on cried the pilot in a voice that reached the very hearts of all who heard him hold on everything the young man turned fiercely to the daring stranger who thus defied the discipline of his vessel and at once demanded who is it that dares to countermand my orders is it not enough that you run the ship into danger but you must interfere to keep her there if another word peace mr griffith interrupted the captain bending from the rigging his grey locks blowing about in the wind and adding a look of wildness to the haggard care that he exhibited by the light of his lantern yield the trumpet to mr grey he alone can save us griffith threw his speaking trumpet on the deck and as he walked proudly away muttered in bitterness of feeling then all is lost indeed and among the rest the foolish hopes with which i visited this coast there was however no time for reply the ship had been rapidly running into the wind and as the efforts of the crew were paralyzed by the contradictory orders they had heard she gradually lost her way and in a few seconds all her sails were taken aback before the crew understood their situation the pilot had applied the trumpet to his mouth and in a voice that rose above the tempest he thundered forth his orders each command was given distinctly and with a precision that showed him to be master of his profession the helm was kept fast the head-yards swung up heavily against the wind and the vessel was soon whirling round on her heel with a retrograde movement griffith was too much of a seaman not to perceive that the pilot had seized with a perception almost intuitive the only method that promised to extricate the vessel from her situation he was young impetuous and proud but he was also generous forgetting his resentment and his mortification he rushed forward among the men and by his presence and example added certainty to the experiment the ship fell off slowly before the gale and bowed her yards nearly to the water as she felt the blast pouring its fury on her broadside while the surly waves beat violently against her stern as if in reproach at departing from her usual manner of moving the voice of the pilot however was still heard steady and calm and yet so clear and high as to reach every ear and the obedient seamen whirled the yards at his bidding in despite of the tempest as if they handled the toys of their childhood when the ship had fallen off dead before the wind her head sails were shaken her after yards trimmed and her helm shifted before she had time to run upon the danger that had threatened as well to leeward as to windward the beautiful fabric obedient to her government threw her bows up gracefully towards the wind again and as her sails were trimmed moved out from among the dangerous shoals in which she had been embayed as steadily and swiftly as she had approached them a moment of breathless astonishment succeeded the accomplishment of this nice manoeuvre but there was no time for the usual expressions of surprise the stranger still held the trumpet and continued to lift his voice amid the howlings of the blast whenever prudence or skill required any change in the management of the ship for an hour longer there was a fearful struggle for their preservation the channel becoming at each step more complicated and the shoals thickening around the mariners on every side the lead was cast rapidly and the quick eye of the pilot seemed to pierce the darkness with a keenness of vision that exceeded human power it was apparent to all in the vessel that they were under the guidance of one who understood the navigation thoroughly and their exertions kept pace with their reviving confidence 
again and again the frigate appeared to be rushing blindly on shoals where the sea was covered with foam and where destruction would have been as sudden as it was certain when the clear voice of the stranger was heard warning them of the danger and inciting them to their duty the vessel was implicitly yielded to his government and during those anxious moments when she was dashing the waters aside throwing the spray over her enormous yards each ear would listen eagerly for those sounds that had obtained a command over the crew that can only be acquired under such circumstances by great steadiness and consummate skill the ship was recovering from the inaction of changing her course in one of those critical tacks that she had made so often when the pilot for the first time addressed the commander of the frigate who still continued to superintend the all-important duty of the leadsman now is the pinch he said and if the ship behaves well we are safe but if otherwise all we have yet done will be useless the veteran seaman whom he addressed left the chains at this portentous notice and calling to his first lieutenant required of the stranger an explanation of his warning see you yon light on the southern headland returned the pilot you may know it from the star near it by its sinking at times in the ocean now observe the hummock a little north of it looking like a shadow in the horizon tis a hill far inland if we keep that light open from the hill we shall do well but if not we surely go to pieces let us tack again exclaimed the lieutenant the pilot shook his head as he replied there is no more tacking or box howling to be done to-night we have barely room to pass out of the shoals on this course and if we can weather the devil's grip we clear their outermost point but if not as i said before there is but an alternative if we had beaten out the way we entered exclaimed griffith we should have done well say also if the tide would have let us do so returned the pilot calmly gentlemen we must be prompt we have but a mile to go and the ship appears to fly that topsail is not enough to keep her up to the wind we want both jib and mainsail tis a perilous thing to loosen canvas in such a tempest observed the doubtful captain it must be done returned the collected stranger we perish without it see the light already touches the edge of the hummock the sea casts us to leeward it shall be done cried griffith seizing the trumpet from the hand of the pilot the orders of the lieutenant were executed almost as soon as issued and everything being ready the enormous folds of the mainsail were trusted loose to the blast there was an instant when the result was doubtful the tremendous threshing of the heavy sails seemed to bid defiance to all restraint shaking the ship to her centre but art and strength prevailed and gradually the canvas was distended and belling as it failed was drawn down to its usual place by the power of a hundred men the vessel yielded to this immense addition of force and bowed before it like a reed bending to a breeze but the success of the measure was announced by a joyful cry from the stranger that seemed to burst from his inmost soul she feels it she springs her luff observe he said the light opens from the hummock already if she will only bear her canvas we shall go clear a report like that of a cannon interrupted his exclamation and something resembling a white cloud was seen drifting before the wind from the head of the ship till it was driven into the gloom far to leeward tis the jib blown from the bolt ropes said the commander of the frigate this is no time to spread light duck but the mainsail may stand it yet the sail would laugh at a tornado returned the lieutenant but the mast springs like a piece of steel 
silence all cried the pilot now gentlemen we shall soon know our fate let her luff luff you can this warning effectually closed all discourse and the hardy mariners knowing that they had already done all in the power of man to ensure their safety stood in breathless anxiety awaiting the result at a short distance ahead of them the whole ocean was white with foam and the waves instead of rolling on in regular succession appeared to be tossing about in mad gambols a single streak of dark billows not half a cable's length in width could be discerned running into this chaos of water but it was soon lost to the eye amid the confusion of the disturbed element along this narrow path the vessel moved more heavily than before being brought so near the wind as to keep her sails touching the pilot silently proceeded to the wheel and with his own hands he undertook the steerage of the ship no noise proceeded from the frigate to interrupt the horrid tumult of the ocean and she entered the channel among the breakers with the silence of a desperate calmness twenty times as the foam rolled away to leeward the crew were on the eve of uttering their joy as they supposed the vessel passed the danger but breaker after breaker would still heave up before them following each other into the general mass to check their exultation occasionally the fluttering of the sails would be heard and when the looks of the startled seamen were turned to the wheel they beheld the stranger grasping its spokes with his quick eye glancing from the water to the canvas at length the ship reached a point where she appeared to be rushing directly into the jaws of destruction when suddenly her course was changed and her head receded rapidly from the wind at the same instant the voice of the pilot was heard shouting square away the yards in mainsail a general burst from the crew echoed square away the yards and quick as thought the frigate was seen gliding along the channel before the wind the eye had hardly time to dwell on the foam which seemed like clouds driving in the heavens and directly the gallant vessel issued from her perils and rose and fell on the heavy waves of the sea the seamen were yet drawing long breaths and gazing about them like men recovered from a trance when griffith approached the man who had so successfully conducted them through their perils the lieutenant grasped the hand of the other as he said you have this night proved yourself a faithful pilot and such a seaman as the world cannot equal the pressure of the hand was warmly returned by the unknown mariner who replied i am no stranger to the seas and i may yet find my grave in them but you too have deceived me you have acted nobly young man and congress what of congress asked griffith observing him to pause why congress is fortunate if it has many such ships as this said the stranger coldly walking away toward the commander griffith gazed after him a moment in surprise but as his duty required his attention other thoughts soon engaged his mind the vessel was pronounced to be in safety the gale was heavy and increasing but there was a clear sea before them and as she slowly stretched out into the bosom of the ocean preparations were made for her security during its continuance before midnight everything was in order a gun from the aerial soon announced the safety of the schooner also which had gone out by another and an easier channel that the frigate had not dared to attempt when the commander directed the usual watch to be set and the remainder of the crew to seek their necessary repose the captain withdrew with the mysterious pilot to his own cabin griffith gave his last order and renewing his charge to the officer instructed with the care of the vessel he wished him a pleasant watch and sought the refreshment of his own cot 
for an hour the young lieutenant lay musing on the events of the day the remark of barnstable would occur to him in connection with the singular comment of the boy and then his thoughts would recur to the pilot who taken from the hostile shores of britain and with her accent on his tongue had served them so faithfully and so well he remembered the anxiety of captain munson to procure this stranger at the very hazard from which they had just been relieved and puzzled himself with conjecturing why a pilot was to be sought at such a risk his more private feelings would then resume their sway and the recollection of america his mistress and his home mingled with the confused images of the drowsy youth the dashing of the billows against the side of the ship the creaking of guns and bulkheads with the roaring of the tempest however became gradually less and less distinct until nature yielded to necessity and the young man forgot even the romantic images of his love in the deep sleep of a seaman End of chapter five